just flying. I saw that clip y'all sent out, the little three-year-old that went up on a kite. That's crazy. I saw that. Crazy. What, the heck? what is wrong with people? Crazy. Was she just holding on to it, like bear hugging it, or did it snatch her? Do you it's know? Anybody? It snagged her, apparently. Um, just uh, real quick, just so everybody knows that we are going to be uh, this, everything from this point on is being recorded and it's our behind the scenes on our audio podcast on paratalk.org. So we are on just not live streaming yet. So okay. our listeners get to hear the behind the scenes. We'll be going live here in about 15 minutes. Yeah, um, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I was thinking, you know what? Um, that's the scariest uh, SIV course I think I'd ever want to be on. Yeah, right. That poor, that poor three-year-old man. She she went up there pretty high. They said it was over a hundred feet high. From what I saw, it looked like it was way over a hundred feet. That was. I was looking forward to be inside. What's that? I thought, I thought she'd be inside the, the kite. But no, she was on the outside of the tail, like hanging yeah. on. I'm like, whoa. No, she got tangled up or something on it. <clears throat> so anyways, just so everyone knows, Chris Wheeler, he's going to be here with us. He has been uh, flying for about the same time as Shane and I. Um, he is more adventurous on his wing than we are apparently and he he wants he signed up for three different SIV courses but because of the COVID the COVID the COVID um, they were all canceled so he may go down and see Andrew we don't know yet what do you think Chris so I actually took training in Live Oak at a place called Happy Thoughts Right. So I've got a reason to go over there anyway, because they've got a wing for me to try out. So I was thinking if I'm in that state anyway, I might as well go ahead and take the course that you guys did. Wow. That's well, cool. you can let me know when you're going and I'll meet you there because I'd like to do another day of that. So I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of trying endless foot drag uh, this year. Uh, it's something I've never been to. Right. Okay. Um. Everybody says it's a good time, so I'm thinking of going to that and then just from Kansas, head straight there. I was going to go to – Sean, just so you know, I was going to go, but I have decided today I'm not. One, my wife uh, has her last uh, surgery for her leg on the 21st, which is the start of Endless Foot Drag. So I will be in North Carolina on the 28th and doing that, uh, that fly-in at uh, what is it Vail, north carolina i believe it is well it seems to be better i mean you know driving all the way over here and then up to kansas and then all the way back to north carolina that's a lot of driving yeah i i can't do it it's too much i'm, I'm like right here i'm i'm uh, pardon the pun i'm up in the air about going to the endless foot drag i, I think that i want to but i don't know yet I, I'm going to talk with the wife and see if she wants to. We have family up there in Kansas City, so she can stay with family while I go fly around and and stuff. So I think I think it's I think it's doable. And that other uh, the other flying that I'm doing or looking at doing, um, and I think it's fifty bucks or sixty bucks, and you get a shirt. I like the, the flying or the Kansas one. 
There's no shirt. You got to buy it. And it's 50 bucks. 15? 50. Five For zero? The, to, to, to fly there. Oh. 50 bucks to fly at a fly -in. I believe so, yeah. And no shirt. Uh, that, that, that just kind of tipped the scales a little bit to where I don't think I'm going to go. Double check it. I've looked at a lot of fly-ins, but just double check to make sure I'm correct on that. But I believe it's $50 and you don't get a shirt. It just doesn't seem worth it to me. I, that's a long drive. A bunch of people flying around, being silly, pay 50 bucks. You don't get a shirt. In, well, you in shirt. your opinion, is 50 bucks a lot for a uh, fly-in? Palm Bay no. was 100 I know that. No, mine is... Um, mine is... Uh, for the three oh, days, man. for the driving up there, the being up there, and driving back, I could be flying another 20 hours down here. I did, and, and uh, Sean, I did find out that they do have camping there at the uh, on the site, or at the fly-in. I, I thought I was going to have to get a, a hotel or, or a Airbnb, and I'm like, yo, I'm not flying all that way, paying all that money, and having to get an Airbnb or something. I was like, no. Right. You can you can camp. It's just again, it's just water, no power, no. They do have, uh, I guess, porta potties. Um, I think they said they even have a shower house. Maybe I'm not. I can't remember. I'm I'm screwed up between the two with the info. I might just have to wait until next year to do a, a fly in. I, I'm enjoying getting a lot of you know flights in, lots of hours in. I mean, you know that just kind of digs into my flight time and stuff like that. Then I got to make up work and I don't know. And <laughs> that North Carolina one is only five, I think 560 miles for me. So I can bring my camper. Like, there, you go. there you go. I don't know. Like I said, I'm up in the air. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. I'll let you know. Um, I'll let you know, Chris, as soon as I make up my mind or my wife makes up my mind. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, Sean, I got an idea. Starting a Patreon, we need to buy a Cessna. That we don't have to. We don't have to worry about driving all these long distances. We'll just go everywhere, pick everybody up, go to the fly, and go home the same day. If if I had a Cessna, I would be flying that a lot more than my paramotor. I think. <laughs> just sounds a lot more know, fun. Man. I think I'd rather fly a paramotor. Uh, I would too, but going to endless foot drag in your Cessna would be a whole lot more. Uh, Timely, time-wise, make a lot more sense. Oh, I agree. Do both for sure. But if I had to pick one, <clears throat> I think it'd be a paramotor. I, I fly fixed wing with my dad, and I mean they're fun, but you can't, you know, go between hay bales on that. <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely aren't walking away after hitting a hay bale on a Cessna. That's for no sure. No kidding, right? <laughs> All right, tonight we're going to be talking about SIVs. We're going to be talking with. Um, Shane, uh, Kevin, you've done a couple of SIVs. Um, JP, he's thrown a reserve and never went to an SIV. And Chris, um, he's just crazy. <laughs> he's trying to make his own SIVs. I want to hear. I want to hear more about that uh, flat down spiral too. Once we uh, go live. Yeah, like dude. I don't know how you do it because I. I mean. The couple of things that I did during the SIV and I ended up getting uh, doing the flat down spirals. I mean, I, the G forces are crazy, dude. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I don't want to do that again. 
I know you built you you built up the. Uh, uh, I was watching the one before it. Then you're like, well, I'm going to go down to a flat down spiral, but you're going to have to wait to the next episode. <laughs> I hit stop, went to the next episode so I could watch that. I never did finish your video. You don't need to do that no more. <laughs> um, let's see. Tommy, you want to talk, you want to, you want uh, to talk at all about any of your flying stunts and stuff like that today? Is there anything that pops up that would go well with the uh, SIV theme? Uh, other than a little collapse, the only little collapse I've taken, not, not uh, yeah, much, yeah. but we, I had to talk about your collapse. That's kind of an SIV thing because of your free flying. When you did have that collapse over at Pinnacle or at two rivers, you're able to save yourself and land perfectly without hurting yourself. Yeah, that would have been the, mainly it was just hands up and be scared Hope it opened back up. <laughs> hands up and be scared. <laughs> yeah, hands up, be scared, and pray. That's that's pretty much what I did. And, uh, that was perfect. And hey, Bill, um, you haven't taken an SIV or anything advanced yet, correct. right? Okay, that's correct. You just slum through hay bales. Yeah, I haven't tried the big ears out yet. That's no that's big ears I'm... yet. No, no big ears yet, man. Chris is doing big ears and bigger ears, flat yeah, down big, spirals, big, ears. big, big ears. And also, um, you know, that flat down spiral looked like you were doing a huge wing over. So I wanted to, it just ended up in a spiral. <laughs> the nice. plan, the plan was wing over. It didn't end up that way. Were, were you able to um, eventually do wing overs? Have you done wing overs yet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I've kind of moved around. I, I actually kind of went backwards and I started doing wingovers before I started to do asymmetric spirals and I should have done those in opposite. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have ended up in the situation I was in episode eight there. So. Gotcha. Well, if you all have not yet, definitely go to his channel, subscribe to his videos um, he has what eight, nine episodes, 10, nine, 12, 12, 12 actually. Yep. And, uh, they're done very well. I, I really like them a lot. Um, very entertaining and there's some knowledge in there too. Oh, and I, and I uh, played disc golf. So I was really watching that disc golf. One. That was pretty cool. I'm like, that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to play disc golf with my paramotor. I think Tommy and I even saw, didn't we talk about that uh, disc golf thing one time, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. We've come up with a few ideas. I still need to bring that little basketball goal out at some point. Yep. We found a, uh, well, I, today I found a patch of land. They mowed it all down, and it's between, I mean, there's a McDonald's, there's a Moe's, there's a, um, uh, there's like 20 different things there that you can go, including getting your hair cut a manning patty or many with your fingernail things and yeah act like you don't know what it's really called <laughs> the fingernail things that, that girls do and uh, a, vape, a vape world thing so uh, come on tell us that you you've gotten a petty before right yeah you look like a petty guy <laughs> i'm petty but i'm not that petty Should i'm petty but i ain't that petty. Uh, don't be shy when I used to be with my petties, they always had the husband wives in there getting their petties. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Have you gotten I, I always do that. Sure. They're nice. I miss really? that. 
this COVID stuff, I haven't gone back. I'm like, nah. Yeah, when they whipped up that little machine and go <laughs> to my feet, it's like, man, I ain't coming back here. There's too many sparks. The smoke is awful. <laughs> they do it to Brian. You know, they, they do that. They use that um, little grinder on Brian. They stop when they do see the sparks because they know they hit the bolts in the uh, in rod the in there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's coming out That's right. the 15th if I hadn't told you guys. So, looking forward to that. And, Tommy, don't forget to turn your uh, phone sideways. There we go. Now you're large. Yeah, so I won't be at the fly in this weekend. I know I talked about maybe coming up, but uh, the one I in Ohio. On the I got to pass a COVID test on the 14th. Have you been studying? What's that? I said, have you been studying? What, for the fly in? <laughs> for your COVID test. <laughs> for your test. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of suck, man. I had one when I went to the hospital when I broke my leg. They, they stick that thing pretty far up your nose. <laughs> they, don't do that. they don't do that anymore. And if yeah, they, they do, do, they're being mean. No, uh, my wife had to go get a COVID test done before she could go in for her ultrasound. And, yeah, they shove that thing to the back of your brain and then pull out a little bit of freaking <laughs> Out here in Florida. In Florida, they did do, do, do the uh, back of your throat like a, like a strip. A that's, strip. Because, that's because the rest of the country has just written Florida off. We've decided you all want to party on the beach and go nuts. And we've just, we're going to let you have it. It's fine. Hey, you, you don't get COVID if you drink a lot, just so you know. <clears throat> all right, guys. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, boom. The boom. I think we are live. We are not Memorex. We are live. All right. I believe we're live. So if we're live, yay. Welcome, everyone. My name is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to episode 31. Today we are talking about SIVs. Today we have a huge panel, and we also have, I, I, I hear an echo. Who's, who's echoing? Is that me echoing? I think that's me echoing. Let me put that on mute. Sean, you should know better. You're, you're the hostess <laughs> with the mostest. Today yeah. we have a huge panel. Welcome, everyone. As always, we have Linda Anderson, our cheerleader. Woot, woot, woot. <laughs> Never trust a skinny chef, Shane. What's yeah. up, man? I, oh, thank you for turning off my. You turned off my. You turned off my, my mic, and I put my mic back on. Go ahead. Sorry. Kevin can fly. Way down there's Tommy, and way <laughs> over there is JP. But the guy that we want to talk about today, or one of the guys we want to talk about is this guy where we this way <laughs> chris chris wheeler he is here on our panel tonight uh, he's a really awesome paramotor pilot has been flying for almost a year and uh this whole thing that we're talking about today is sivs however he has not gone to an siv he has signed up for three different sivs and been denied because of the covid so he said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to SIV myself. Hmm. That sounded interesting. Uh, welcome, Chris, to the show. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome, my friend. So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how did you get so advanced when you only started, what, flying since 
December of last year? So it probably, yeah, since December. So it probably starts when I was a child. When I was a child, uh, at about eight or nine years old, if you were a male, and I'm from a family of 10 kids, uh, you're given a wild horse. And it's your job to break that horse. And before you can sit at the dinner table with the adults, that horse has to be broken. So it takes you about three, four years. It's that kind of upbringing that I'm from. So it's like, do it yourself, figure it out yourself. And you know what? Uh, at, at the end of the day, um, it's just you that you have to live with. So you either do it or you don't. And uh, the horse is going to be there tomorrow, whether you got on it or not. So that was kind of my upbringing. So I don't know. It kind of just translates into my entire life, including um, flying a wing. So. Is he being literal right now, or is that like some sort of uh, euphemism? No, literal <laughs> very literal. So the Bureau of Land Management rounds up wild mustangs every year, and then you buy them. Yeah, you buy them through the BLM for one hundred twenty-five dollars, and basically Black it's an Lives, adopt Lives Matter group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of, uh, but in a horse way. Uh, and so, so it's an adopt a horse program. And basically, um, after a year's time, that horse then belongs to you as long as you fed it and, and haven't abused it and you're actually actively working it. And the Bureau of Land Management does it with uh, wild Mustangs and they do it with wild burrows. So uh, as a kid, um, I come from uh, probably four or five generations of uh, equestrians. Uh, primarily in English, but my parents decided that uh, Western was the way to go because I grew up in Tucson. And yeah, uh, yeah so we were, right yeah, here. as a kid, you're, you're given a horse and uh, nobody helps you. They tell you what you do, um, but you can ask for instruction, but they will not help you. So just being around a wild animal when you're that young, you know, you're like first, second grade is a crazy experience. So I, I can, I can say that I've honestly learned more from a horse than any human. Chris, Chris real quick. Um, in 1987, I actually adopted a wild girl. Cool. BLM. Cool. And she was in full when we got her. And it was so much fun. It was such a great experience. Um, I'm glad raising, to hear it. Raising both of them. So I just had to share that I can totally relate to that. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, I, I think everybody should experience I, I think, that. I really oh, do, really exactly. do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know? I, think, I think Linda's cowboy hat was a big giveaway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now we said that you're kind of like this this guy that's wild and uh, the the wild child and is out there trying to do some maneuvers that you know are kind of beyond them. But you did go to paramotor school, right? I mean, you you did, did. self train. No, I actually went to paramotor school. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I called up probably 10 schools, and it's tough to get in when you want to get in. I had like a two-week window that I needed to, to train in, and there was one school that called me back that just said, come on down, we'll work with you, and I told them, look, I'm a fast learner. I've got to go fast. You've got to teach me in a matter of days what you would teach somebody in weeks. And there's a guy named Carson down at uh, Happy Thoughts PPG, um, who's a phenomenal teacher and a phenomenal equestrian. He's a student of uh, Chris Santa Croce. And he's the one that uh, I went to his school and him and Robert taught me. And um, I think it was a matter of uh, 
maybe four days I had taken my first flight and I was kiting um, uh, pretty well at that point. So how, how many days did you actually go and train? Four. So I was there for four days. Uh, I took three flights, came back, um, ordered my equipment, came back, um, and had a few more flights and a little bit more training with them at that point. Um, and that was right during the Happy Thoughts um, fly-in. I think it was, uh, I, I can't remember when that was. I think it was December, or January or something. Was that Swanee? I think so. I'm not sure what they called it, but it might be, might have been called Swanee. Yeah. Yeah, they, the Happy Thoughts is the one that put that on, Swanee, right? It's, yeah, uh, yeah, so that's the one. Yeah. October, yeah, because I just finished school, left school, honestly left school and drove right up there after dropping off my camper and my paramotor so that I wouldn't be <laughs> suckered into flying in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. So how, how advanced do you feel that you are right now? Because every time that you go up, you decide that you're going to – experiment a little bit, try a little something more, but you also have a bunch of friends that fly that are, that do acro, correct? Yeah, I have a, a bunch of friends that are sponsored pilots, right? So they're, they're really high level guys and um, I'm able to bounce off them ideas and they're able to kind of instruct me when, when they oh, fly yeah. with me. So it's, it's very handy to have those guys in kind of my back pocket. Um, every time I go up and this was kind of, um, something that I learned as a child. If you do something, do it with purpose. So every time I go up, I'm not just going up to enjoy myself. I'm going up to enjoy myself and to learn something as well. And it could be something very little, you know, like uh, what's it like to take two wraps on a break instead of one, or, you know, I mean, it, can't, it could be something very tiny or it could be something like, um, uh, what's it like to turn the opposite direction if you're doing a tip tuck on one end, right? That kind of stuff. And you actually do these tip tucks. You actually do these, these uh, uh, deflations and big ears and all this stuff before you even have even tried an SIV. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a huge fan of a guy named, I think it's Jockey right. Sanderson or something. Uh, Jockey something. I think it's Sanderson or Saunderson or something. This yeah, guy. Yeah. So this guy is like, um, man, he's the coolest cat. It's, he's got this English accent and he sounds like he's reading you a bedtime story. Meanwhile, he's in a full collapse falling to the ground at like terminal velocity. And he's just saying, slowly let your wing reinflate. All is good. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you don't plug into this guy at least a couple hours a week, you're missing out. But his name is Jockey. And I think it's Sanderson or something like that. Anyway, he is a uh, paragliding instructor and a really good one. He has a ton of YouTube videos. Um, and that whole thing of a tip tuck and doing a, doing a reverse spiral there um, is one of his maneuvers that he teaches about losing altitude very quickly in a very safe way. So it's, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. So it's not like I come up with these things by myself. I actually watch instructors do it, get some nerve up, get enough height, and then try it out myself. When you were doing that uh, little wing over spiral thing, uh, how high were you? Because it looked like your altitude was kind of on the low side. It was on the very low side. Uh, I wasn't even a thousand feet when I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're I, and alive and you I, learned, I right? right? I, I am. And um, <laughs> the weirdest thing, um, my wife never watches me fly. I mean, ever. 
And it just so happens that she had come out to the field to watch me fly that day. So it was like, oh. it was that day. She's like, you have to buy a reserve. I don't care. You're buying a reserve. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man. So it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, uh, sounds like you're a little bit more daring than me because before I went to the SIV course, I don't even think that, uh, I don't think that I even touched tip steering or, or even pulled out the trimmers. And I definitely didn't even try doing any, um, uh, any, anything that remotely resembles an SIV maneuver. But uh, anyway, Chris, thank you so much for that story. We're going to run over here to Never Trust a Skinny Chef, Chef Shane, because Shane and I, uh, last week, was it last week? Has it been a week already? Yes. Wow. Okay. So last week, Saturday, we met up over in Florida. We did an SIV course. And we only did it for one day. We we're going to do it for more than, more than that. But, man, we were wore out. Shane, what did you expect in the class, and what did you find out about the class? Oh, that's a, that's a whole lot of well, – we only got an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can go as long as you want. It's no big deal. Um, honestly, I just, I just wanted to learn what my wing can do. So that when I do have, say, a, a wing surge – um, I know what to expect. I know what to worry about, and what not to worry about. And everything that I've experienced in the past, um, I worried about nothing. <laughs> when my wing was doing things that it wasn't supposed to, that I thought it wasn't supposed to, that it was going to end my flight. Yeah, I worried about nothing. It really was just, but when you go out there, I, I said this my very first, my very first time up there. I'd never been towed before. I've never free flighted. I've never been to an SIV. Once you pin off, they literally just, he was just like, okay, reach up and grab your A's. I was like, hold on. We're not going to work this in. We're not going to ease into this. We're just going to go ahead and collapse half a wing while I'm 4,000 feet in the air, which I've never been that high before ever. So yeah, I, what I, what I wanted to learn was what my wing can do. What I learned and expected was it's a lot harder than, uh oh, there I'm back. Am I back? Can you yeah. see me? Yeah. yeah. Um, what I learned was uh, that uh, the confidence level, and technically I have not flown since um, SIV course. The winds have just been shot here, and my wrist has been a little wonky, so I haven't really bothered to do it yet. But I'm heading to Ohio this weekend, so I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'm hoping to put at least another 20 to 25 hours on my motor this week, this week coming up. Uh, when you go over and you do this, are you going to do any of these maneuvers that you learned in the SIV course? I plan to do the, the, the horseshoe as often as can, as I can. One, it looks totally awesome. And two, it's benign maneuver that you do with the uh, wing. It wasn't too benign with me, but uh, I'm glad it was, Fun for you. I uh, I think that with Shane and I, we looked at the video. A horseshoe is when you take the center A's and put them together. You take the, you, the inside A's. The, the one, centermost, yes, yeah, centermost A's. The left and your right most inner A's, and you put them in one hand. And then you reach up with your other hand and you pull down. As you're pulling down, it brings the front of the wing in, and it makes it look like a horseshoe. Sean's video shows Sean grabbing the two A's and then jerking the A down, which destroyed that wing shape. 
<laughs> it was it was the most uh, okay in all the different maneuvers that you can do uh beeline stalls uh full uh, full frontal with all the a's um grabbing your brakes and shoving them down as far as you can to stall um when you fall you can't even feel it when i took those a's like this and yanked it not only did I fall like like free falling like um like something I've never felt before, but I think I also got into a little riser twist. It was the most scariest thing I ever I've ever done, and Shane wants to go do it on a motor. Obviously, I did something wrong, and I'm not going to try that anytime soon. I don't um, know if you did it wrong. I just think that I don't. From my point of view, what I know what I did, and I've seen what you did, and I'm like, man, you pulled that really really hard. And really fast, because that's what we were told to do. To even if it's just a fifty percent deflation, you grab those A's and you jerk them. If you try to just go easy, you're going to be hanging off of that A line more or less. And I think that's what you did in your video. It shows you just you put the two A's together, and that other hand just reached up and powered those A's down. And I think that's what just folded that wing up completely. I, I guess I am a jerk and I need to be careful. About <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, anything else? Um, uh, you, you did the big ears. Did what else? What other maneuvers did you do? You did the A-line stalls. I, I did the 50% uh, uh, deflation. I did um, the 50% with leaning into and away from and steering uh, your glider as you're in a 50% deflation. I did full frontal. Um, also did speed bar, which I've never even, I've never even used speed bar. I've seen people have them. I've never seen them while during flight, even use them. He's like, I get up there. He's like, all right, reach down and grab your speed bar. I'm like, I think it's between the legs. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and, and, and also too on speed bar, what your, were your trims in or out on speed bar? Oh, they were all the way in. And, um, you were supposed to do a collapse or what? I was do I did a what you talk about with the reserve toss thing? No, when when you when when you were doing the uh, maneuver, then he had you use a speed bar. What did you do? Were you doing the frontal collapse? I did. I did the fifty percent deflation on both sides with the speed bar, and then oh, I did a full. Bar. Yeah, and then I did a um, a full frontal, and that's where I got in a whole lot of trouble. And that's what they say. They say that you get into a world of hurt if you are on speed bar and you have and you take a uh, frontal um describe it real quick what did it feel like when when that happened to you with the with the full frontal on speed bar um everything you know at very at the very first couple times i did any kind of deflations i've never even had a wing tip kind of even get you know soft on me it's always been a good wing and i've never had any issues so when I did the deflation on speed bar, it, that wing, I felt the drop, which I didn't feel really before without, without the speed bar. But I got into this instant full on just spiral down the geez. I can actually see the video. My, my face was kind of pulling down <laughs> because I got the G's were incredible. And it happened so quick. I was just in shock. And I look up at my wing and I see half of this wing tip on the left side is completely folded under and there's a line over it. I'm like, Oh crap. So I start pumping the brakes and then the SIV uh, teacher is yelling, 
um, reserve, 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 because I was coming up on the thousand uh, foot mark, and he wanted to make sure that I had enough time to get the reserve out and get you know safe. And uh, I I did it three times. I pulled the brake three times, and it came out, and uh, I really felt good about it. Um, he kind of seemed a little concerned that I didn't throw it because you know if he says throw it, you're supposed to throw it. And I, I don't want to say I didn't listen to him. I just had a decision to do three times. And then I did the third time and it came out. So the fourth time there wouldn't have been a fourth time. It would have been me throwing the reserve. It's yeah, a, lot, a lot of crap happens, dude, when you're free falling. <laughs> that, that is yeah. true. That is true. Um, now, Chris, uh, you had a deflation. Did you deflate your wing or did you, or, or what happened when, when your wing deflated? So I've had a few, actually. Um, and I still have them once in a while when I don't pull outside brake on a wing over, right? So you do little wing overs and you get some speed and you think, yeah, this is great. And I want to go faster. I want to go faster. And it's in that when I want to go faster, if you don't pull outside brake, then that outside wing will collapse. It actually, I don't know if it's like more prone because I'm doing it primarily on a B wing. I've done it on some C wings and I haven't had that outside tip collapse, but um, it's actually about the outside third or so that actually falls, falls in on you if you don't hold outside brake as you're doing wing overs, so. And this is you don't, you don't really time. notice it. You don't really notice it until it actually inflates again, and then you feel that bump, and you're like, "Oh crap! That that deflated on me." And this is coming from a guy that's never taken an SIV course. That's crazy. Now, <laughs> another person that has not taken an SIV course is Tommy, and uh, Tommy, uh, he's a free fly, free flight guy, uh, mostly before he started to motor. So because he had a lot of experience with, you know, free flight and collapses and stuff, uh, on one of our trips that we, that we took, we were really in some bumpy, 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 turbulent air. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, he came down. Well, go ahead and tell the story, Tommy. I just got gotten some rotor behind uh, the lee side of the mountain, and uh, the wind was a lot stronger than predicted it was going to be, and I couldn't penetrate up high so I dropped down low and was riding in the rotor took a what what felt like a 90 percent collapse was probably a 40 percent collapse but uh you know it just it popped back open right at treetop level and I killed my motor and landed said I've had enough <laughs> was that the first time or second time or third time I had to come get you I think you've had to get me almost every time. <laughs> I always seem to land off these damn cross countries. I'm going to get one down one day. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we're definitely glad that uh, uh, you made it. And because of your experience, you're able to, to not crash, which is really good. We definitely don't like crashes. Um, who else do we have out there? We have Kevin can fly. He's an instructor. He's also have taken a couple of SIV courses uh, he teaches a lot of students. And uh, what kind of experience have you had with um, your SIV course? And um, how do you feel that, or, or do you feel like you're more competent because you took an SIV course as an instructor or as a person, as a pilot? Yes, to all of that. Um, 
the the key elements I think that you take away from SIV is getting over the question mark. So when you hear people talk about doing big ears or beeline stalls or just regular deep stall or whatever, you know, you, you can watch a video or watch someone else do it and you don't have any understanding of what it actually feels like. There's a big question mark. What's gonna, what's it gonna feel like when the tips of my wings are folded back and flapping? What's it gonna feel like when half of my wing is folded back and flapping? You know, if you don't experience it, then you don't know what to expect. Once you've gone and taken an SIV course and you've intentionally done these maneuvers with instruction over water, then it removes that question mark. And it doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, make you a better pilot because a better pilot means making better choices. What it does is it gives you the reactionary skills to be able to recover yourself once you've gotten away with a poor decision. And Chris Santa Croce being one of the greatest instructors will explain to you in some of his videos that collapses are avoidable by maintaining pressure. So when we talk about active flying your wing, what you're doing is you're actively maintaining pressure in the wing. So SIV courses will teach you how to maintain that active pressure. So like Chris was talking about with the wingovers and holding outside pressure, the, the thing about wingovers that a lot of people don't understand is when you do small wingovers, you're in a safe zone. It's kind of like a, a, a little bit of a green zone. And when you get into middle ground wingovers where you, you're not quite going all the way over the wing, but you're getting up high enough to build good energy, you get into this little red zone period where it's actually the most dangerous because you build enough energy to unload the wing, but not enough energy to maintain the full swing. And that's where you start getting the deflation. Once you get big enough in wingovers where you're going all the way up and over the wing, you have enough energy that it carries you through the whole maneuver. So you're not unloading the wing. So there's a really fine point between medium and big where you start to find those deflation periods. And the key element behind those deflations is they can teach you a lot about your wing over. So if you're having deflations, you can actually deflate the inside of the wing or the outside of the wing, depending on the timing that you're using. So when you're doing wing overs, you have to initiate with weight shift really hard and then pull brake right at the precipice of the swing. If you weight shift too soon, you can lose the outside wing tip. If you weight shift too late, you can actually lose the inside wing tip or if you don't weight shift at all. So wing overs are actually a really dynamic maneuver that takes a lot of finesse, uh, of finesse and skill to do really well. Even though a lot of people see it as just a fun maneuver, it's actually a very dangerous maneuver. And then the retreat is always to an asymmetric spiral, which Chris found out if you get a big enough wing over, finding that asymmetric spiral is not very hard at all. So that's kind of my takeaway with SIV and then moving into the maneuvers. And then when it comes to deflations, like Shane's talking about how he wants to go up to the, the flying and he wants to do A-line stalls on his wing. I personally think that's a very bad idea. 
I think going and doing that with an SIV instructor and learning what it feels like to do it is fine, but I don't see any reason to purposefully deflate your wing unless you're in a situation where you have to. So doing big ears is a complete benign maneuver. That's not what we consider a deflation. That's what we consider a descent technique. But to pull 50 percenters on purpose or to pull frontals on purpose, it's ill-advised at best to do it without actually being at a course or being with an instructor because those can lead to riser twists. They can lead to deep stall. They can lead to a lot of other maneuvers that if you didn't go through those in SIV, you might be learning them fast in the hard way. So I don't, even as an instructor, I don't pull deflations unless I find myself in a place where I have to. And that again goes back to good decision-making. You wanna make good decisions to not find yourself in those predicaments. So what's the difference between going to an SIV course and being in a free flight harness and then trying the same maneuvers when you are in uh, your paramotor? You lose your weight shift ability. So when you're in a free flight harness, you have about 60% more authority on the wing with your weight shift. When you move to a paramotor, you only have about 40% of that weight shift authority. So your timing actually has to be a lot more precise because your balance point, if you think of, 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 of a V and you're balancing that V with, with a free flight harness, you're able to articulate the V. With a paramotor, all you really have is just a small amount of articulation. So your balance point becomes narrower. So if you find yourself in deep stall, and this is a great point because if you follow Kyle O's videos, Kyle O took a universal 1.1 and went up and did stalls on it. And he found himself in a riser twist in deep stall because his weight shift was off in the stall. So it's not advised to be doing, that's why SIVs generally are done in a free flight harness and not in a motor, is because you don't have the authority to weight shift and control your wing nearly as much. So that's why we want to fly in the more benign conditions like the morning and the evening where you're not going to be finding yourself having to fight those dynamic issues. Ooh. That's, 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 yeah, I learned it, a lot it, here. Now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I know that when I fly, um, if the only things that I like to do are the big ears, um, I enjoy a, a nice spiral, nothing deep, and a definitely not a flat down. Um, and very baby wingovers, kind of kind of on the very green zone of doing wingovers. It's not even wingover. It's more of an S-turn. Um, and I love foot dragging. Those are the only things, I, and I love foot dragging the most. So most of the time, I'm down close to the ground anyway. Um, in your opinion, Kevin, what is more dangerous, doing big ears, spirals, or um, foot drag? Spirals, absolute spirals. Spirals can get very, very big, very fast. You can get a lot of rotation quickly. And the G-forces, like Shane mentioned a minute ago, the G-forces that will build up in a nose-down spiral can black you out in a matter of about four seconds if you're not G-tolerant. And that's another key factor to when you start considering these maneuvers is 
being able to tolerate the G-forces is like an alcoholic being able to tolerate the alcohol. If tonight's your first night going out drinking, you're not going to do as well as your friend that goes to the bar daily. After you go to the bar with him for a couple of months, you might be able to keep up. That's the same premise as G getting G-loaded. So when you start out with G's, one or two G's actually feels like a lot, even though it's really not. We can get upwards of eight G's in a paramotor. So two G's is, you know, only a fraction of what you can get to. When you get to a nose down spiral, you can find those full eight G's and eight G's is enough to black you out. And then you lock into the spiral and you just stay there all the way till you hit the dirt. So doing spirals is one of the more dangerous activities which is why we encourage asymmetric spirals and not full spirals. So you go in and as soon as the wing starts to load, you let her fly back out. And when the wing starts to come out, you bring it right back in. So you're hard into it and then ease up and then hard into it and then ease up. And that's what's known as an asymmetric spiral because you're only doing it halfway. So you start in and then come back out. So you can do asymmetric spirals to the left and then asymmetric spirals to the right. And by doing that, you can teach yourself how to exit. And the exit is the biggest key component to doing spirals. If you can't learn to exit the spiral, that's what we call a locked-in spiral, and that's dangerous. So by learning to do your exit on command, so you pick your heading and you exit your spiral on heading. And then as soon as you exit on heading, you go right back into another one in the same direction. And you command the wing to do what you want because you're the pilot, you're not a passenger. So you can practice asymmetric spirals to get tolerable for G's. And then when you start into the wing overs, it's 90 degree heading, 90 degree heading. And then you start by like a little kid playing on a swing back and forth. And when you get to the point where you feel like it's oh shit, stop, retreat to an asymmetric spiral. And if you maintain that steady progression of practice, before too long, you'll be very comfortable with spirals and you will find yourself becoming comfortable with wingovers. But it always starts small and progresses as you get better experience. My takeaway take from that is um, go to the bar more often with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Shane, let's run back to you real quick. Um, then we're going to go to Brian and, and talk about his uh, hay bale. But um, Shane, um, Yes. When we went to the SIV course, I told you it was going to be exhausting. You didn't understand what I meant. Please explain to people that's never been to an SIV course how exhausting is being towed up and doing these maneuvers. The, the well, I was at kind of a disadvantage, if you will. Um, you and I shared a, uh, a harness, and when the harness was fitted for you, I was laid back too far. So the entire time I was doing like crunches, actually on one of my landings or actually two of my landings, you see me kind of like my feet in the air and trying to get like forward because I was so back, far back. Um, but yeah, the heat. So you got Florida heat, which is humid as all get out, which I'm used to, except for when you add a helmet and a life jacket. That life jacket is like putting on a wool coat and 110 degree weather and oh my god i was dying i could not believe how quickly i i got dehydrated um it the physical part of it 
you bring the wing up, that's easy. Kiting it for I don't I don't know why. I could be completely confused on this, but why did it take I have got one one video, it was almost two minutes of me kiting for that boat to take off. I was like, um, when is this boat going? Because I'm over here kiting in this heat with a jacket on or a life jacket and it, I was just like, man, I didn't realize how long you'd be kiting for. And it's, it's a, you know, kiting is physical. You're, you're moving, you're shaking, you're, you're keeping the wing above you. I didn't realize you said it was going to be hard. I was just like, oh, whatever, dude, I've been to school. It's not that bad. Yeah. I learned by the second toe that I was dying already. <laughs> I was like, I'm done already. Oh my God. What would you suggest for uh, for people that are going to be going to an SIV course, how to get ready uh, mentally and physically for such an event? All right. Well, if your wife is like mine in the medical field, have her go ahead and start an IV because you're going to need all those fluids and the night before, um, which I didn't do because I was un fully unaware of how hard and hot this was going to be. I would literally drink a gazillion gallons of water the night before. Um, and the next morning, get up and just start drinking again, drinking water, just drink, not that I do water, drink fluids, <clears throat> I should say fluids. Um, and I mean, I just, they, I, w I think I started out behind and never got caught up. I just, I have no idea how quickly I became dehydrated. I mean, my shoulder blade, I got a, I got a knot in my shoulder blade on the way up and never let go until I landed. And could let go of the brakes. You also had some uh, some cramps in your back, uh, in your feet, in your eyeballs. What what kind of cramps did you get? I I started out with one underneath my left rib in the front. I kept digging my hand in there underneath my rib, trying to trying to reach it. And then uh, my shoulder blade on my on my right side it it locked up on the way up. I was breaking and and holding my hands like this and that shoulder blade just locked up and i was just like oh my god you get a charlie horse in your leg you can straighten it out but if you're trying to stay behind the boat you got to keep continuing to to stay behind the boat so i just left it like that until i got back and man within like three days i still had tenderness in that area from where it knotted up did you have any uh, bruises or anything because i know that i had all sorts of bruises they're all gone now thank goodness but i had all sorts of Forward launch uh, bruises and God knows what else. I don't think mine was. In the, I don't think mine was uh, the bruise. I had one that was right here in the crease of my arm, and I honestly don't think it was from forward. I think it was at that when I had the speed bar full frontal. It got violent. Um, I got tossed around a bit, and uh, I realized that I was holding brake, but I was pulling in on the on the risers to feel comfortable you know, like trying to lock myself in without actually holding on to the risers. And uh, I had bruises on both sides of my arms that were identical. So I think it's from, from pulling in and just trying to maintain in my seat. Because again, I've never been um, in a free flight harness and I've always been in a paramotor harness and I moved around a lot and I wasn't used to that. And the greatest, I think the funniest thing I took away from this is I learned that when things go awry with my wing, the first thing I do is stick my leg straight out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I must have heard the teacher go, keep your legs tucked in. Okay, now pull your wing. All right, now your feet are out again. As soon as that wing did anything it wasn't supposed to, feet were straight out. I don't know why. I was trying to balance myself, I guess. I don't know. It was... <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. It's definitely a lot more difficult than um, than I ever thought. And uh, this was my second one. And this was even more straining. I think because of the heat was so bad and because we had a kite because the winds were a lot uh, stronger than we're used to. Um, let's go over to Hay Bale real quick. Uh, O'Brien, uh, he's he's the famous guy that you've seen on, on Tucker Gott's uh, Don't Do This video. Um, he, uh, what did you do, Hay Bale? Sean, did you say that Sean, or that, that Brian flies by Braille? Uh -oh. That must. Oh, you're being funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. <laughs> Just like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, Bill. What happened on on your uh, flight that everybody may or may not know know about? Oh, well, y'all have all seen it quite a few times now. But uh, yeah, I was flying low, having a good time, and you know, I decided to split the gap between a couple of bales of hay and uh, cut a little too close and got target fixation, I believe, and just drifted into that bell on the left and what's the rest is history so it, it really is history now um how long ago was that and uh, how are your injuries right now that was about two and a half months ago um june 18th and uh so september 17th i get a, a screw removed from my foot and after that i'm cleared to run and that kind of thing uh, right now i'm back to normal i'm not wearing a cast i'm walking without crutches i'm living a normal life for the most part, I just can't run or carry heavy loads. Uh, the fear is that uh, you might, I might break that screw and it'll be a lot harder to remove. So, uh, yeah, just got to take it easy, try to have a little bit of patience. And uh, I'm going to be back up there soon. My goal is to fly by the end of September. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. All right. That was that. We just wanted to make sure that everything was good. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people been uh, trying to keep up with you and – and uh, your healing process and all that stuff. Let's go ahead and see your 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 uh, your cast real quick. Oh, you'll see my cast. <laughs> no cast. All right, woot woot! You actually have real feet. <laughs> your your foot. Yeah, model. like I said, pretty pretty much back to normal. So uh, yeah, life life is good, man. No complaints here. Good deal. I'm I'm very very happy. Um, let's see. Who have we not talked to? We haven't talked with JP, but he's in the back working on something, it looks like. Sean, hold on real quick. I want to give Kevin props because that was hilarious, his joke about the bail. Uh, how does he read by by bail? I, I had to step out, and I was laughing in my backyard just dying. And, well, I want to give props to him because that was hilarious. That was spot on, just so you know. <laughs> Shane, don't encourage him. Oh, it was awesome. I'll, hey, if a good joke is a good joke, I'm going to tell you it's a good one. If it's bad, I'm just going to laugh at you a little sideways. That's all. <laughs> well, I laugh at your joke, so, you know. Yeah, see, you don't have no you have no idea what's good then. I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian was yeah. – uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, that was awesome, dude. Absolutely amazing. It was hilarious after I caught it, but <laughs> I'm an old grandpa. What do you expect? I, I tried to I tried to sneak it in there nice and subtle. He reads oh. by hay braille. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're like the Giffy uh, twins, you know, like 
Did you say hey bale or did you say he flies by braille? <laughs> exactly. Either which way it's bumpy. <laughs> All right, Chris. How can we find you on the internet? Yeah. Just search for my dog is choking. All one. Whoa, word. whoa, wait, 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 what? What? You got to explain <laughs> that dot com before you tell us about the dot com. So it'll be YouTube, my dog is choking. It'll be Twitter, my dog is choking. Instagram, my dog is choking. My dog is choking dot com on the web. Uh, everything is my dog is choking, right? So it's all one word. So my dog is choking basically means don't buy everything you're told. Don't buy everything you're sold, right? So gag the dog. In other words, if somebody feeds you a pill, give it to your dog first. If they choke on it, don't buy it. In other words, I don't buy your BS. My dog is choking. That's what it means. So I started out, uh, I started out that name of that channel because I study ancient history and ancient religions, right? And uh, the channel was specifically, you know, um, about rebuttal of ancient history and ancient religions. Um, so uh, once I got into paramotors, everything else went aside and it became paramotors. So it's now just, just paramotors. So, uh, and it's a much more exciting topic than ancient religion. So there you go. I don't know. Um, I think ancient <laughs> religion is more fun to talk about than SIV courses. I don't know. It's a, it's a, uh, ancient religion is a lot more controversial. So when I say ancient, I mean Mesopotamian. So um, Sumerian, Akkadian, you know, that kind of stuff. Babylonian yep. primarily. You're saying so, words. <laughs> is, this, is this the point where I, I just announce myself? I say, hi, my name's Kevin and I'm an addict too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been exactly four hours and nine minutes since I used last. <laughs> we're, we're all here. We're all addicts, man. Para-addicts. Paramotor yeah. addicts, that's right. Height. Yeah. We like to get high, that's for sure. Well, I was telling man. Sean, I was telling Sean earlier, guys like toys. You know, you like your truck, you like your boats, you like your motorcycles. But as soon as you get into PPG, it's the pinnacle. It is the top of all boy toys. I mean, you're this is this is it. It doesn't go beyond this. So at least that's what I found out. It's something that I'm never giving up. And uh, there's nothing else that I can imagine that will surpass the feeling that I get when I strap that motor on my back and I run into the sky. It's amazing, amazing. Well, like, honestly, am I, am I the only one that gets, like, a superhero complex when I'm flying, like, over the beach and there's just, like, dozens of people that are instantly whipping out their phones to take pictures and film it and stuff and you're just... You're the only guy there for miles and miles that's doing what you're doing and everyone is looking at you because they're down and you're up. It's just like and you feel like you got your cape and your pansy red booties going on for a few minutes. <laughs> I have never I have never flown at the beach. Unfortunately, I get all the cowboys or, you know, the cows looking at me. It's all the farmers. So usually I'm flying over, but it's the same feeling. I just get it in a, in a much more lackluster way. Where do you fly over, Chris? So I live in East Texas primarily, okay. so I'm, I'm primarily flying East Texas. Okay. Have you met up and flown with Dave Ruff? I don't know if I know Dave Ruff. Uh, trike Flyer. His YouTube, his YouTube channel is Trike Flyer. No, oh. I don't know him. He's, he's in the East Texas area as well, and he, he flies with Kyle O'Glee and a, a group of those folks, so 
just you're in the similar area. I didn't know if you guys flew together or not. I head towards Louisiana once in a while, um, but I've never been as far as where Kyle's at. So yeah, never never met him or Kyle. You really should go meet Kyle. He is a one-of-a-kind human being. I swear to you, if there was anybody to go hang out with for a day, Kyle is one of those people. Cool. Chris, have you flown? Chris, you didn't fly in a hurricane, did you? Okay. No, in fact, uh, the hurricane really, I'm too far north. It really didn't hit us. We got a little bit of rain. That was it. The hurricane went right through Conway, Arkansas, where I live, and... <laughs> That never happens. We don't get hurricanes coming up, you know, uh, uh, through Arkansas. It's like unheard of, but here it is. Uh, it ruined my week. Couldn't fly. Mm. But well, good thing you good thing you left Florida to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got I got another good one there for you, Shane. How is What's it that? that how is it that a hurricane and a divorce are similar? I don't know. Because in the beginning, there's a lot of sucking and blowing, and when she leaves, she takes your house and your shit with her. Oh! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Is that PG-friendly? That's PPG. That's really PPG. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I apologize if that was Nah, uh, that's, that's all good. <laughs> like, wow. Boom. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, um... Shane, real quick, uh, was there anything else that you want to talk about the SIV course that maybe uh, you want to share with the world? Um, yeah, you know, honestly, you, you as a new pilot or a newer pilot, you get really worked up about uh, having collapses and, and uh, concerns about that. And in a safe environment, like Kevin was saying, um, you know, with the boat and the life jacket and the reserve and overwater and a teacher, you know, honestly, I, even, even I watched the video. I'm like, why am I making that face? It's not even that bad. I'm like forcing myself to have a face, you know, to make a, a, a weird face. I'm just cause I was expecting way worse and nothing ever happened. I was just like, all right, well, that's, that wasn't bad at all. Um, I'm sure getting into locked in, into a, a you know, spiral and, and could be horrible, but I, I didn't have that experience. I just did the, the frontals and, and the 50% collapse. And I want to go back cause I want to do a full stall. I want to do um, a couple other things and I'd like to get into doing enough of um, I'm doing pretty aggressive wing overs. Now I'd like to do, to learn how to do safely do a barrel roll which is not really safe <laughs> i'm well aware but i mean if i understand the um if i have somebody to explain to me how it works and how to do it correctly then it would be safer um but yes i would like to end up doing barrel rolls for sure i think that's over and beyond what i want to do does I think your, your wife know about that shane know about what you want well, to do she, barrel rolls she's no one all, ever said that <laughs> He's all for it. They just got that new life insurance policy filled out last yeah. week, so she wants yeah. him to go. To oh, I've had I've had a new. I'm actually getting ready. Um, actually, no, got about four months left. I got to renew in four months. Yeah, I'll have. Uh, I got that life insurance policy just in case an aviation life insurance policy, which a lot of people don't know about. And that's something we need to discuss on one of these about uh, 
you know, you got your regular life insurance. And if you look in those uh, insurance policies, they say um, they'll cover you as long as it's a fair, what is it, a fair ticket price or a fair? A commercial airline flight. Other words, other words, if you pay for a Delta flight and you crash and die, you're fine. You're going to get paid. Your family's going to get paid. But if you get in a paramotor and fall out of the sky and, and hit the ground and die, they don't cover that. Your wife so will you drag you to your car and then push you off a cliff. I'm fine with that. Well, now she doesn't have to do it because um, I went and got, uh, I think, $150,000 um, for, for the year was like 230 bucks. Which See, isn't really you just tell the insurance company that he wasn't flying. He just had a momentary lapse in gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. So, so yeah, you took the SIV. What, what's uh, the scariest thing that you took from it, the whole thing, man? Honestly, um, having them see his shorts when he landed? No. <laughs> uh, I didn't really have a oh-my-God moment. I built everything up way more than it really was. You know when you're climbing to the top of the roller coaster and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's going to be so scary. And you get to the end, you're like, that wasn't bad at all. I did the exact same thing. It really wasn't that. I mean, it was big. There was a couple, I think I did a, uh, my very first frontal, I, oh man, I was just like, holy crap. And then when I came out of it, I was just like, okay, that wasn't that bad. But I look back at the video, I'm like, why was I making that face? It wasn't that bad. (laughs) I knew it wasn't that bad, but it was I worked myself up into making it worse than it really was, I do believe. Now, when you say video, are you talking about the like the uh, GoPro that you're looking yeah. at? No, I I had a GoPro on my on my uh on my leg. Which and, and when you watch that, you're like, why did I make that face? Yeah, cuz it was pointing it was pointing more at my face than it was my wing to explain, you know, so I can't even really see my wing is all that much. Um but I'm wondering why why capture all that stuff uh ask chris chris did a really great video you gotta watch it about Mm -hmm. flying midday and bumps the camera the camera looks like oh okay i'm just doing this right here he goes whoa whoa i'm dramatic and stuff but you can't tell on the video it takes out a lot of the bumps yeah. So, you know, when you're watching it, right, right, Chris, tell, me, tell us about it. What yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're watching it, it looks like, oh, okay, that looks like a, you know, a normal car ride or something, you know, little bumps here and there. But that's not what it is. Unfortunately, the GoPro takes out the swinging back and forth and you don't get an idea of the elevation gain and loss as well, which is what makes a, a bumpy road a bumpy road. I guess we need to take that, that, that off and turn on the Vario so we can actually see and hear you know, what, what we're dealing with. Um, yeah. I know, I know exactly what they're talking about because I showed my family the, the, the few clips that I had and I had to tell them to look in the background or look at the sky to see like the sky twirling above me or look at the ground and see how the ground is like sideways because they're like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> I was falling. I swear. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Chris, what is your handle? My dog is choking. My dog is choking. Yes. yes. Okay. All one word. Um, my, mine is mychickenischoking.com. Oh, Lord. 
Oh, my Lord. I am not touching that one. <laughs> if you do, it's going to be sticky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm subscriber number 299, man. You're almost at 300. Oh, Thank you for subscribing. We need to go over to Chris's channel and, and definitely subscribe. Somebody could be um, 300. You heard it right here. You could be 300 in just a moment. What, what do we win for being 300? Maybe I... I will I will send you a gag the dog uh, hoodie actually if you're number three. I'm number three hundred. I'm number three hundred. Uh, you got it. You got it. All right, Shane. Yes. Shane. Um, Shane, hit me up. Uh, give, me your, give me your address and I'll I'll shoot you over a hoodie. That's awesome. Man, I should have unsubscribed and subscribed again. <laughs> I never win anything. Damn it. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Now, now the bad part is he's got only twelve videos and he's got three hundred subscribers. I've got like almost a uh, what is it, uh, almost a hundred videos, and I've only got seventy more subscribers than you. <laughs> it, it's quality, not quantity. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's where oh. I'm going wrong. That's where I went wrong. Chris is going to be uh, right at home on this panel. I can tell already. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see. We have about five more minutes left of SIV course before we go into the uh, after party. So let me go ahead and explain one thing that I found out on this last SIV. This last S SIV, I was doing a full stall using brakes. Okay. Now, one of the things that a lot of new people are worried about is pulling the brakes too hard, too long, stalling it, and going parachutal. Correct? I mean, most of you probably think that is that correct is that what you think pull the brakes hey, down too sure. long and you go parachutal yeah all right that's what i thought too all right number one i pulled down and i'm on a b-wing too so this thing should go parachutal pretty quick i pulled all the way down i felt it slow down nothing so i had to go back up and took a wrap pushed it all the way back down slowed down eh, okay went back up Took two reps, pushed it all the way down. A little bit more stall, the wing kind of, you know, crumples a little bit. So I had to take three full reps, pushed it down as hard as I can. My hands and arms are shaking. I'm like, I'm going to do this. That was it. So number one, I, I don't understand. I mean, how can someone accidentally pull down on the brake and stall the wing and go parachutal. Maybe this is something that uh, Kevin can fly can, can give us a little insight on real quick. Most, <clears throat> excuse me. Most of the time when that happens, it's low to the ground, not high up. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in for a landing and it's generally, it's a mistimed flare or like a, a late morning landing where you'll get some thermic activity. It will lift you back up. And what happens is they hold the brakes and they're already in slow. And then what happens is they wind up dropping vertically to the ground about eight or 10 feet. And then that can cause broken legs or broken vertebrae in the lower back. So it's, it's not generally something that happens up high. What happens up high is kind of a little bit of a different thing though. And that's a lot of guys will get into what's known as a coconut spin where they're pulling only one brake and they stall the wing to the point where one half rotates backwards. And so you do a tip stall and you 
spin around and a lot of times you do about a 180 or 270 before the wing will recover but it recovers with enough energy that it then will put you into a riser twist so it's kind of a dangerous thing to just stall one half of the wing you'll watch paraglide pilots they'll do it intentionally when they like top land because they'll come in with what looks like a big wing over and then as they swing through the other way they purposefully tip stall the inside wing and then they ground heli onto their feet. It looks all fancy and special. That's what that's, Andrew does. That's yeah, that's and that's that's fun acro stuff. And and you can learn that stuff really easy at the beach on dunes because the sand and the dunes are really forgiving for doing stuff like that. Oh, I got a quick question that maybe we should have asked at the beginning of the of the session, but uh what does SIV stand for? It's a it's Kevin will answer this. It's a French word for situational in what is it, Kevin? In vol, 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 situation in vol. Vol is just French for flight. So situations in flight. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people consult. Will will also use the phrase safety in flight, or or a maneuvers course is another way that it's referred to. Definitely. Um, I would love to do another one. I'm not sure when I'd want to because I feel like I've accomplished so much in the last two SIV courses that I cannot even imagine what more I could do. I think I need a lot more time flying, maybe another 100 hours or 200 hours before the next one. And then maybe I'll do a barrel roll like, uh, you know, Skinny Shane wants to do um, or some huge wing overs, maybe an infinity. I don't know because it's going to be a long time from now. Um, that has, this is concluded our siv hair motor podcast but don't go what don't go nowhere because i just i got one more thing that i got one more thing to add to that to just to point out for the for the listeners at home if you are going to be moving up classes in wing so if you're currently flying an a-wing and you've been 40 or 60 hours out of school and you haven't had an siv yet and you move up classes to say a b-wing then you would want to take an SIV on your new wing to understand the characteristics of what your new wing will give you. If you're, say, an accomplished pilot who's been flying a B-wing for some time and you're moving up to a C or even like a free ride, for example, you might want to go take a refresher SIV because as you move up into that hotter category of wing, the responses are going to be a lot more on the pilot and a lot less on the wing. So refreshing your muscle memory skills in those higher advanced wings is, is not just about can I do collapses, but about understanding the, the collective muscle memory for the safety of an advanced level wing. Exactly. And uh, I'm really glad I took this SIV course because I'm on my second wing, which real quick is a 28 meter. Uh, my other uh, wing that I have was a Roaster 3 28 meter. This is a 28 meter Gen Vantage 3. Same um, wing size, but it has less risers, has A's, B's, and C's, and it's more lifty and more carvy. So if you think that you're gonna go out and go, okay, I need a 28 meter wing, the difference between the different makes and models, even though it's the same 28 meter wing, is night and day between these two wings that I've flown. So be really careful if you think I'm just gonna go from this 28 meter wing to this 28 meter wing 
it can be completely different. You have an instructor, you pay the money, ask him uh, what's going on and what should I do. This has been a great um, podcast, but don't worry, we're going to continue to stream live on our after party, which means that we get to talk about everything and anything under the sun. But we do want to say thank you very much to Chris Wheeler. He came on today. He is um, our guest, and you are definitely more than welcome to jump on any time that you want. Um, we also, don't forget Kevin Can Fly at kevincanfly.com. He is a great instructor. So if you're in the northwest part of the state, of the United States, check him out. Never trust a skinny chef, Shane. He also has a hashtag for cooking against cancer 2020. You want to talk about that real quick, Mr. Shane? Yeah, it's it's already been done, but if you type in hashtag uh, cooking against cancer 2020, um, you will find the videos that everyone has done a dedication to someone who has either fought cancer, fighting cancer, or lost the battle to cancer, uh, such as my son. Um, but anyways, it was a dedication. It's just a dedication um, in, in memories of and in honors of. Um, but I, I do want to point out that Craig Taylor mentioned something in the chat earlier. Um, it's called The website is called ppgzone.com. If you sign up for it, what it'll do is it'll, it'll put you in contact with other guys in your area. You can actually put in your city that you live and it'll literally show you everyone that that's in your area and you can contact them or you can look at the other um actually uh the united states check them out never trust a skinny chef shane oh what i guess somebody has um their yeah. browser going unfortunately yeah. anyways um, i have I do have, um, I did sign up for it and I've noticed a couple of people in my area and uh, that I haven't flown with yet. So I'm looking forward to uh, either fought and uh, fighting uh -oh. cancer. Somebody. Walter, Walter, Walter. Mute Walter. I, I put him on mute. I'm, I, put, I muted him. All right. Anyways, the uh, ppgzone.com guys should sign up for it and maybe you can learn or find some new people to fly with you in new areas maybe it looks like a pretty good website I, absolutely lynn anderson thank you very much for joining us again brian hey bill waller we appreciate you as always good to be and here say man what, say one more time linda paraglidingtalk.com and what are we going to go see if we go there be there or be square <laughs> I I want to make sure that Linda mentions clearproptv.com on paramotor talk or paraglidingtalk.com because I've not heard her say that while while the show's going oh, I gotta, on. Oh, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, you think? Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. He, can, he can't get mad at you. You're his mom. No, that's right. <laughs> so you won't mom. give him 20 bucks on the show anymore. <laughs> and we also thank you very much mr tommy uh, mosley for being on here jp i know that you're in the background doing something we appreciate you and we appreciate everyone if you want to watch this go to clearproptv.com if you just want to listen to this you can always go to paratalk.org 
and you get to hear <laughs> the behind the scenes before we go live on YouTube. And we talk a lot of smack, so you might want to check it out. Just go there and check it out. Right now, we are, uh, once again, Chris, thank you once again for being on the show. You're more than welcome to stay on here as long as you want. And what is your .com real quick? Something about chunking something? God, My dog is choking. All one word. My dog is choking.com. All right. We are officially in the after party. Woot, woot. And uh, we got uh, Walter. He came in. Jay, uh, John Wayne, he's in here. I put in the chat the, the Zoom room and the password. Now, the password is very difficult. It is case sensitive. Make sure that you put them all in correctly or you may not jump in. Right. Welcome to the after show, ladies and gentlemen. What do we want to talk about? Good evening, O. What's up, Mr. Walter? How you been? Walter. Uh, a little bit better, thank you. Uh, great show, Sean. Um, yeah, uh, I've watched the last couple and uh, been good shows. Well, thank you, sir. I totally appreciate that. Yeah, Shane, Shane's a bit of a handful though, putting up with all of his stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it, guys. Your, your SIV course, I, I watched all that. And, uh, yeah, really exhilarating. Uh, and, and listening to you guys, uh, it's gone into your head, which is, which is great. Um, I can see the confidence build up. Not only with you two, but also the other three that did it, uh, Paramotor Crazy and uh, Dave Wolf and, and uh, Rip Man, you know. And yeah, it's really thrown a, um, a good talking point of the show, of the show's full stop. Uh, and Michael, uh, Robert Michaels, he did it too, so... It's been the talk for the last couple of months, which is has been good, good to watch. Even though I missed some of it while I was in hospital, um, yeah, good to be back on this planet the way I was uh, a, month, a month ago. I was thinking uh, I might not get to meet you guys, but might get to America yet, Shane. Yeah, well, hurry up, good lord. <laughs> take that little contraption behind you and get an extra few liters of fuel and let's go. Just head over to the, I don't know where you, what's shorter, go east or west from Australia? West, mate. West straight okay. to Los Angeles. There you go. I'll meet you in Los Angeles. Yep. Yep. I'll go and meet Robert first. And... Um, yeah, then we go from there. There's a lot of people down uh, in that area. Anthony, Paragringo, and... Yeah. Yeah, a few guys. Yeah, I'd like to meet uh, everybody I get to meet on this show. A few new guys. Brian? You did. You you got put in the hospital because you got beat up by a kangaroo because Linda sent him over to you, right? <laughs> All right, no, kangaroo. No, uh, no, koala. It was a no, koala. I, uh, I tried to get a koala for it and it clawed me to death. Oh, no. Good job, it. Linda. Good job, Linda. You're trying to kill Walter. Good job. Actually, Linda, there, there, there was koalas. Koalas, <laughs> they saved they save the fires here at Kangaroo Island, which is part of South Australia. 
and um, they got so many in um, that have recovered that they you know don't know what to do with and they got little baby ones and everything and I thought maybe I could send you one yeah I'd have, to, I'd have to send you a couple of eucalyptus trees as well Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Linda's like, like, I got eucalyptus uh, lotion. Will that work? I'm like, oh my God. Look at, look at. Now, Walter, are you a pilot? Do you get to fly a lot? Uh, I have done, uh, not in the last few years. I've uh, had a few issues with my health, and uh, yeah, so it's restricted me a bit. But yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to pack it up in a container and come over there and fly around with you guys, but in the United States we don't have any rules really. You just you listen. <laughs> you just if you can get it in the air, you're good. <laughs> I've, fl I've flown many things, so yeah, I can get in the air. I'll uh, I'd be okay over there, I think. Uh, yeah, with your, with your rules, I mean, I got more license than you guys can even think about but yeah uh, yeah I've flown GA I've flown ultralights and then I built my own machine and uh, flew that and won some awards with it so uh, yeah I'm pretty tickled about it but yeah a bit more air time would be uh, really nice at the moment uh, looking at awesome. you guys awesome. do you get to go out and fly I used to do it like once, twice a month, but uh, I haven't been for a few years now, but I've really been watching, looking at the backpacks. Uh, with my health, now whether I could foot launch or not, but trike-wise, not a problem. Walter, with that accent, you come over to, over to the United States and, and a paramotor pilot, you'd have women all day long. You wouldn't have time to fly. Well, that would be a nice change too for a while. <laughs> I've forgotten what that was. What you're saying is I need to work on an Australian accent. Walter, yeah, that, the only part got, that mention is the women wouldn't have any teeth. <laughs> any teeth? Kevin? That might be better. Um, John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne, you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, boy. I thought this was supposed to say G, but it goes to PG and PPG all the time. What are you talking PG. about? I was talking about making more tender food. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Tender food. Sous vide cooking. I want to I wanna come over there and show Shane how to cook. Yes, Walter, I've never cooked a koala, but you can show me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to cook a nice yes. lasagna or something yes. like that for you. <laughs> Bit of wog style. So when you, cook, when you cook a snake, Walter, what part do you eat? Do you just call it his knee or, or does it snake have parts? How does that work? Oh, I think you eat the whole lot of it. I don't know about the head. You'd have to ask the you'd have to ask the Aboriginals that they they chuck everything on uh, on the charcoal on the fire. See, so they eat it. 
Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave found our after show. He's he's over here commenting now about what did he run into. <laughs> Everyone's worried about the man of things over here that kill you, but you guys have got more than than we got. I'll tell you what, I'll deal with the spiders and snakes instead of these little Antifa kids. Those guys are just unjustified. <laughs> yeah, you need, the, you need to get the shotgun out and go do some shooting. Yeah, they, they have an issue sorry, in the bathroom. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, just, I'm, say I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for my license to come in the mail and then to issue the bag limit, so then I'll get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I thought our after show was still supposed to be talking about paramotors. Hey, this Walter, do you watch the show? We talk about everything that's funny. Walter, do you watch the footy? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, and who's your team? Port Adelaide, who's on top. Ah, okay. All right. I'm a <laughs> Collinwood fan. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time down in Oz. I used to do a lot of work down in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, the wrong black and white. Yeah, and and the wife is a Geelong fan, so we we butt heads uh, a bit during oh, okay. the year. Yeah, no, it's a good game. Um, yeah, the limelight this year, I suppose, has taken a bit away from it because, uh, especially in Victoria, Melbourne, it's so the COVID's so bad that they're not allowed to play any football down there. So it's played in Brisbane, South Australia. Western Australia and Sydney rather than Melbourne. So they're really missing out. That's why and Port Adelaide that, is doing so well. Yeah, well, I was a little bit worried because Port Adelaide came out before Christmas and said, we're going to win this year because Port Adelaide, it's like 150 years that they've been in the football, you see. Oh. And for the coach to come out and oh. say, we're going to win, like this is before Christmas. It's like, that's a pretty big statement. And, of course, we come out and we annihilated the team that we played by a big margin. So we went straight to the top. And then the COVID come in and there was a bit of a break for three months or whatever, and they started playing again. And Port's still on top. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's a great year for me in that respect. Um uh, but I miss all my racing. I like motorsport as well. And a lot of that's only just restarted. I didn't mean to derail the conversation on, uh, on no, that's all right. so, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, all right. we're all over, we're all over the place. It's all good. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Melbourne and that and, uh, Melbourne and South Australia, we're borders, you know, and, yep. and it's, it's like a real, uh, a rivalry, especially in the football, uh, motorsport. We used to have Formula One here in Adelaide and Melbourne took it from us. And last night on the news, they said that we might be taking the Formula One back off of Melbourne after 25 years. Oh, okay. So that's like a, <laughs> yes, a win for South Australia if we could get it back. <laughs> After twenty, after twenty five years, you're like, yeah, we finally did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had it back in the early eighties, eighty four, five, I think, with the likes of Ayrton Senna and all, all the greats, and uh, and uh, the last year it was here, we had over a quarter of a million people at the track, and uh, they 
probably Melbourne, who's got six and a half million people compared to one and a half million people, uh, the most they've ever had is about 140,000. So, Walter, I, t yeah. I told you I'm in Melbourne, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that. It was named after Australia. True story. Wow. There crowd is anybody else there in this group? There, there, is something, there is something good about Australia. Uh, what was that, Brian? I was asking anybody else here in the uh, group, has anybody else been to Australia? I mean, I've always wanted to go there. It's uh, at the top I, of my list. Uh, I know, I, I I want to know. One of these days, I will. Yeah, Matt Minion's been here. I used here to go there occasionally. Matt Minion was was here. I didn't realise it was him. I saw some bloke landing in Sydney with his mate, powered parachutes in in a suitcase, and they had two parajets. I think it was, and they had two parajet fuel tanks, brand new here, waiting for them. And uh, they were going to go north towards Queensland, the, the warmer part of the country. But it was uh, all storms and everything up north. So they turned back and went south towards Melbourne. And he did a lot of flying. And he actually, he actually got uh, attacked by uh, one of our, I don't think it was an eagle, I think it was a hawk. And, um, yeah, it was uh, quite good footage. And it was his first encounter with a, an Australian bird. Yeah. I'm pretty and, sure that in Australia they just call them pterodactyls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one here actually was, Kevin, because uh, I think it was the week before he, he already had word of it that there was a, a hawk in the area that did take out a parachute and actually ripped it with its claws, uh, it didn't, it didn't crash, but yeah, the, it put a nasty hole in the, wow. in the guy's paraglider. So uh, has yeah. anybody ever had geese come up and fly right beside you? No, I've, had, I I've, had, e I've had eagles like um, our wedgetail eagle. Uh, one day, uh, myself and a mate were flying, together and he was like to the left of me and I said hey uh, Gaz you've got an eagle he goes where I said at your one o'clock high and he sort of flew towards him we're going we're going towards him and he flew towards us flew near my mate and then sort of shot towards me and did a u-bolt did a u-turn and he sort of flew with us a little while and he thought now you guys are just too slow, and then just just sailed away from us in front. Like, yeah, we were just too slow for him. Um, they're great things. Uh, had a scare one day. I don't know. I don't know if your eagles will do it. Say if they're up at three thousand feet and they want to get to the ground, they'll use one another, lock in, lock in feet, lock in their claws and they do like a spiral and apparently they they can drop twice the speed as they can on their own and uh, we had two mates in planes up and they were they were flying a bit of formation and all of a sudden these two crow uh, two crows two eagles 
locked horns and, and I just looked up and I thought these two planes got locked together and it was them coming down. It was these two eagles. And that was the first time I ever seen it. Yeah, and they, they do that to get to the ground to get their prey quicker. Um, amazing birds. They're big birds. They're, they can stand like three, four feet high. They are, they are beautiful. Well, guys, I hate to cut out and go early, but I got to take care of a bunch of stuff around here, so I got to get running. All right, Kevin. Don't worry, Kevin. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Last day, brother. All right. So, Brian, I can't believe you're not going. We're not going to be able to meet up. To the Ohio fly-in, man. I listen. I carry a, a Milwaukee drill in my uh, in my camper. <laughs> yeah, I can take that screw out for you. And not, I think it's the number two Phillips, man. We just got to cut a little half inch slit. I got a picture of the X-ray. That's all you should need. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I drink a couple of beers. I'll be fine. You on the Shane's other hand, carving a bit of me. What's that? <laughs> I said Shane's good at carving a little hole, a little bit of me. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, I was looking forward to coming up there and meeting y'all for sure, big time. But, uh, yeah. you know, since I got to pass a COVID test, you know, less than a week after that fly-in, I, I figure I better skip out. What about the uh, 28th in North Carolina? That's definitely a possibility. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to go to that one, too. Uh, I was going to go to the Kansas one, but, man, that's just – it's a long drive. That's 20 hours for me, and I just – I don't know. I, my wife is having surgery the same day that it starts, and I would rather be here than I would 20 miles – or 20 hours away. And uh, I think I'm going to be. Uh, vail. Vail, North Carolina. I know it, Vail, Colorado. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me pull that up real quick. Hey, uh, Brian. Yes, sir. Uh, um, I just realised who you were. I mean, not today, but the last show. Uh, hey, uh -oh. hey, Bale. <laughs> and, uh, I like how you say it. I like how you. Oh no. Hey, Bale. I, I really, I, I really felt your pain, sir. Uh, being in a few accidents that I've had and being, you know, laid up, I really felt your pain on the ground, man. I, I, I don't know how you clipped that bale. It must have, you must have just touched the, uh, it almost looked like a bit of a flat hanging out of, of that bale. And I reckon your foot just got caught in that. And, um, yeah, the way you landed with your with your ankle and that man, I really felt your pain. And uh, good to see you coming out of it uh, quite well and with a smile on your face. Because yeah, I appreciate uh, that, Walker. That's 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 mighty well, nice. Well, I you, think man. you know, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes, and right. you damn well learnt a lot out of that. I'm 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 sure of that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the worst part is being stuck on the ground, you know, pain-wise, you know, shock kicked in, it took care of the yeah. pain, yeah. and, uh, you know, they gave me good medicine for the pain when I was at home, and 
So all in all, it's just I was stuck in bed for longer than I wanted to be, and I just miss being up in the air. But, uh, yes, yeah. I, I, I know what it's like to be uh, uh, stuck in that situation where uh, you, hey. you're, you're in a hopeless uh, environment where you can't do nothing. And, and probably, uh, you know yourself, you made the mistake, and, and that's the uh, probably a little bit embarrassing, but I think you took it very well considering the cameras and and everything that went on around you. Um, yeah, good on you, mate. You done you done well through it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I hope I never have to do it again. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully, you learned from it. <laughs> if you do it again, and, you uh, want to make sure your audio works a lot better. Yeah, man, that's that sucks. I I, I got the really expensive. <laughs> You know, thirteen hundred dollar helmet, and now I got you know the audio that didn't work. So that's that's that kind of yeah. sucked. You know the thing, Brian. You said about it. If you look at something, you're gonna you're gonna go to it. So that that's really why you've got to look ahead at where you're going. Um, I, I've done it myself with uh, a lot of different scenarios. You look at that and go. Don't want to get near that, and later on it might be with a, an RC or something, and I've gone ahead and hit it where it's played in your mind since you got there that that day, and later on in the day you end up hitting that pole or whatever, and it's really uh, really upsetting because in your subconscious you you knew about it, and uh, yeah, it, your mind plays uh, funny things when the adrenaline's pumping. Hey, hey Brian. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, Brian. I'm actually texting to Brian and talking to a Brian. That's really confusing. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Now, now I'm all confused where Zoom is and everything else. Jesus. Um, it's the, um, the fly-in that I'm talking about is Rebel Field. It, I actually sent you an invite today. It's Rebel Field, Vail, North Carolina. Okay. It's, yeah, uh, definitely... it's, it's September 28th to October 4th. Gotcha. That's actually I probably would... a pretty good time frame for me, man. I got a buddy. My wingman uh, is in North Carolina as well. I have to look, see how far he is from there and uh, shout at him too. But, uh, but yeah, it's man. Definitely... 244 people have responded, and it looks like – let me see how many people actually said they're going now. Hold on. Now, do you know uh, if there's going to be camping there, like primitive camping? There, there's no power. There is water. Gotcha. Um, okay. And by water, I believe there's a water hose that you go and fill up and then uh, utilize your your water accordingly. Um, let me let me double check here on info um, discussion. Let's see. Yeah, and, let's see here. It says. Uh, Why is this doing this? Okay. You, oh, boy, this computer. Let's see. Camping will be still available to fly in safe. To, let's see. The countdown. Let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Um, oh, that's real close to my house. What, Vail? Are, are you in uh, yeah, I, Carolina, John? I, I own a house uh, just a little ways out of Morganton. Gotcha. 
they're saying that they actually have a porta potty company, a porta john company that will come out and suck everyone's uh, camper out for twenty. <laughs> easy, easy, calm down. They're they're black tank. Okay, twenty dollars. Um, That's a good deal. There there are outdoor showers. <laughs> Uh, that's a crappy. That's a crappy deal, man. <laughs> yeah, that job does suck. <laughs> Should we go on? <laughs> Since everybody's laughing, let's go ahead and uh, kill the live stream. And uh, we appreciate everybody on the live stream that's listening on this. If you're still still here, give us a thumbs up. We really need it because we're all punch drunk. Y'all have a great <laughs> evening. And once again, thank you, everyone. We appreciate you. Sean, did you say if you're still if you're still here, still here? In the chat, we got five oh. thumbs up. We got more people hosting the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, have we have seven people in here. There better be at least seven thumbs up. Come on, guys, help me out a little thumbs bit. Up. <laughs> if I could do it on more than one device, I would. But they're all on the same YouTube account, so it doesn't work that way. Arg. All right, y'all have a great day. Thank you very much, all you all out there. We'll catch you next week. All right. So right now, right now it says there's 71 people going and 173 people interested. I'm gonna so, be flying.